we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,169 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm decidedly psychotic today, I have to say. How are you? I'm I'm fine. I, I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Doing well. That's good. That's good. Uh, Marty, you said you're you're psychotic today. Is that right? You're, you're psychotic? Yeah, yeah. I, I really will have to stop engaging with libtards and virtue signalers on Facebook. Um, Is that what's got you turned into a psychopath today? That and a few other things, you know, like- Why do you uh, waste your time? Why do you waste your time? First, let's just take it one step at a time. Why do you waste your time with Facebook? Facebook? Why, why, fascist Facebook. book? Why do you waste your fascist time with book, that? Yeah. That is a really good question. And do you know what? It It's become habit forming. When I was working in the Middle East, I would check my phone every now and again when I was back at the apartment because I didn't always have roaming data because it's very expensive in the Middle East. It's the first time I've ever heard an Englishman refer to an apartment as an apartment and not a flat. Well, it was bigger than a flat. Flats are tiny, pissy little places where we put poor people. <laughs> so um, it's that, you know, it was a big apartment or, or villa. Uh, I mean, I had three different villas while I was out there uh, and two, actually one was a flat and then the 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 one on Ream Island in Gate Towers was definitely an apartment. Anyway, I digress. So while I was out there, it was just a useful way of keeping up with what everyone's doing in the UK. I'd only go home twice a year. People would visit me during the course of the year, but it was just a really good way of keeping up with people. And then, of course, it became politicised, particularly around the Brexit referendum. And that's when I really started to engage with people that I knew, uh, people that I actually you know, had time for up until they expressed the ridiculous opinions that we want to stay in the EU because I like a cheap holiday. Well, f*** you and your cheap holiday. We had better reasons to leave than your shitty reason to stay. So, I mean, that's so it's been habit forming and I, I really have got to break the habit. But if I see wittery, that's another beep, I'm really sorry, being spoken on Fastbook, I have to speak out against it. It's my job. 
It's it, it's what I live for. It's my raison d'etre, my reason for being. I just I think to myself of well, there are just other things that I'd rather be doing. I do those as well. There's plenty of time during the course of the day to do some work, to argue with idiots on Facebook, and then do all the other hobbies. I mean, I do a lot of hobbies. I still do karate. I still you do your LARP thing. Acting. You do, we your do the live action LARP role thing. playing. Yeah. I go sea fishing. I do lots of things. You know. So uh, people who say, oh, I couldn't retire, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. They haven't got a clue. I can't wait to retire, you know? So um, The thing is, though, I would know what to do with myself. I would continue to study. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I reached a certain level of, of smartness fairly early on. Obviously, you know, you guys across the pond, it takes a little while longer. Ah, I'm um, not across the pond. But you're, you're still younger than me, though, you see. I'm so. not across the pond. Well, it's a channel. Yeah, yeah, you're you're across. Okay, the, the other side. Yeah, the other side. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Speaking of someone that is psychotic, it, it's almost like this is on cue, and this is um, it's almost like it's it, it's planned. It's almost like they're 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 working off of the same script. Today, uh, a man drove a car into the main gates at Downing Street. I'm assuming that you you saw this, yeah. I quite fortunately caught it on the news, on GB News, other news stations and propaganda machines are also available. But the thing is, the guy drove the car at four miles an hour at the gates. Four miles an hour. There's a security detail on that gate. There are armed policemen all around those buildings. He was directly opposite the Ministry of Defence. And no one stopped him. No one got in the way of the car and said, you know, stop. No one pointed a gun at him. He's just managed to drive his car at four miles an hour, which is walking pace, into the gates at the end of Downing Street. And you were talking again about the the U-Haul incident. Yes. um, Did you see the the video of that? Did you see the video? Do you know what? I haven't, but I've heard about it. I'll get it. it. I'll get it, but go ahead. But and, And in Germany... The same thing with, and you mentioned it, Angela Merkel's office, a car drove into it, hardly even scratched the paintwork. Well, on that point, the intelligence services here, I, or the security services, whoever, they had the car, they showed the car, it was all over the papers and, and the mainstream media and everything, and it was the same car that they used for the same type of incident seven years earlier. They didn't even bother to change the paint on it. The spray paint on the side of it was exactly the same. It's the same yeah. words and everything. But you see, we had a discussion in prep, did we not, that with some experience of what it's like to guard a uh, a key point, uh, there's protocols, there's immediate actions that you take when a threat presents itself. And why was no one shot? Why was no one in the front of that car or standing in front of it, aiming a weapon at it to stop it? That's the question. So, yeah, for the benefit of the listener, here's the U-Haul van. He's come to an abrupt halt there, actually. That was all the further he got. It was just from there to there. Just there to there, that was it. And this was which building? This was the White House. The White House. Yeah, they've got the barricades yeah. up there. You can see them. It's it's an off color because they're doing some like they're they're redoing one of the lawns or something. So they put these barriers up. Well, I I think this is as you to coin your phrase, they're doubling down, aren't they? I don't. Oh yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a protest, and and the guy in the, in London who ran into the gates of Downing Street gets to say his piece on TV on news. Then that would be something, but. There, there's been none of that. 
there could have been a statement prepared if it was a deliberate protest that would be given to media outlets upon his arrest that would have said whatever he wanted to say. But in all of those three incidents with Merkel, with Downing Street and the White House, nothing ever came of it. So are they all just lunatics or are they being paid to do it so that there's even more ground to ban privately owned vehicles within a certain radius of government buildings? Now, the UK is a small place. So there's government buildings and, and you know, establishment buildings all over the place. Um, it would pretty much cut us off if you put a, a four-mile radius around every courthouse in the UK. That would pretty much cut all private car ownership down to zero. Indeed. Or, and yeah. yeah, and you you talked about how this is not... Um... This is not something new. This was a tactic, or or some using vehicles as um, uh, weapons. Uh, some is a tactic that the IRA used to use there. Yeah, it is the the IRA used to take or steal a transit van or a flatbed lorry that have basically drainage pipes packed with explosives and a projectile, and they would be angled at such a way that they'd done the maths to work out how to use them as as um, improvised mortars to attack major British Army installations or government buildings. Uh, and vehicles approaching any of those things, the, the security detail has protocols to follow. So why were they not followed in this case? Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, there was an incident at the U.S. Capitol a couple of years ago when they still had those barriers up. And this guy drove a car through it and they shot him dead. And that story, as I was talking about in prep, that story, that story died within hours. It was gone. And we've never heard anything about it since. I tend to believe that that incident was real. I, I tend to believe that, that that one, I'm not saying that it was for absolute certainty, but we've heard nothing else about it. They did not exploit that one bit because I don't think it was part of the agenda. It was a left wing guy that did it. And that's true. Yeah. Well, just yeah. like this one, this was not the type that they were expecting. But the, again, they, they try and sell it. But what did they do within uh, what was it? Five minutes. They pulled this Nazi flag out of, out of the cab of the truck and they laid it out there on the ground. Did you see that, Marty? Did you see the, the flag that they laid uh, out there? No, but, you know, to be fair, you, you, you and Bruce have both told me about it. So as I'm a trusting soul, um, no, I'm not. I'm a horrible old cynic, but I trust you too. There it is right there. That's 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 a very small swastika. Well, it, it's it's almost like I, I said uh, yesterday I, or the day before yesterday, I said the only thing that's missing here is I think the uh, the steam press to, to make it a little bit flatter on the on yeah. the uh, the cobblestone there. Yeah, it, it looks like the kind of thing you get that the aristocracy get when they go to their fancy dress shop to to buy a, a Nazi uniform to attend parties in. They might come with a few accessories such as quite a small swastika. I, I think we're possibly we're overlooking the most important things of all this. We're overlooking the analysis, the in-depth on point analysis. We're, we're missing context here. And that is the analysis from CNN on this entire matter. We're, we're missing context. We should probably get that. If people are waking up to this. What, what should they be thinking? Because the Secret Service is saying this may have been intentional. And then you look at the contents of what this suspect apparently had on him. 
Well, Poppy, I think that the charges alone speak to the intentionality of the act, right? So prosecutors have to have a factual basis to be able to charge this uh, person with those with trying to uh, attempting to kill or maim the president. They've got to have probable cause to be able to do that. So they have some information or evidence that indicates very clearly that this was an intentional act that's coming not just from the, obviously the physical things that we see, the uh, the video of the of the truck ramming the barricade, but likely even from material they collected from within the truck. We've heard that there's been a notebook. There may be writings or statements or maybe postings online, things like that, that are telling them that this person's intent was, in fact, to target the president or someone in the White House, which is, uh, you know, particularly, particularly concerning. Andrew, for for so, so long, um, we've been hearing um, not only from the president, but but even the FBI director that white supremacists and far right wing extremists are the yeah. biggest threat to this country uh, and its safety. And then you look at the contents of this person's backpack and you can't help but think, I guess they're right. That's absolutely right, Sarah. I mean, we've heard this again and again from the director of the FBI, from uh, the secretary of Homeland Security and others testifying in front of Congress that this is the number one, certainly the number one terrorist threat that they're tracking right now. That is domestic violent extremists and particularly domestic violent extremists who are motivated by anti-black uh, uh, racial uh, sentiments. Right. So this fits very neatly within that warning that we've heard again and again. And I think you have to draw a line from uh, this apparent attack on the White House by someone bearing a Nazi flag to at least some of the people. It's hard to say how many, but some of the people involved in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. How do we know? There that? we go. Because there some go. of those folks were carrying the same sort of symbols, uh, Nazi flags, Confederate flags, things like that, that show you a commonality of ideology. It doesn't mean that they all know each other and they were all planning those two events together. But it shows you there is a thread of extremism and particularly racially motivated extremism in this country that is also now directed at uh, institutions of government. Uh, so these are things that our security professionals are very focused on right now. And as we saw last night, for good reason. It's terrifying. Andrew McCabe, thank you for all that. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. These people don't actually believe this garbage they're shoveling, do they? Well, no. That's exactly what I would have expected from CNN, the communist news. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not in the least. Um, But did you see the driver? Did you see the driver, Marty? No. Okay. You just heard everything that 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 guy said about that particular individual that was driving. This is the driver. Ah. Does he fit the description of what they were describing? Does he? (laughs) Not one bit. he, he, He doesn't one bit. It's like today on when the guy hit the um the the gates of of downing street bearing in mind those gates from downing street you've got a good 150 yards before you get to the actual building so it's the whole street is closed off he was immediately announced as a white middle-aged man now in all of the terrorist attacks that have taken place the islamic terrorist attacks that have taken place in the uk in the last few years news networks do not release the ethnicity or age of the individual involved 
But today, straight away, yeah, it's a white middle-aged man. Uh, and in this particular case, they, they jumped to those conclusions on the Communist News Network. But the picture you're showing me, the gentleman is, is either Middle Eastern, Asian or Mexican. Uh, they they did just for clarification. They didn't jump to conclusion. The suspect's photo had already been released, so they already knew. But okay, I'm I'm being what's the word? I'm being kind. They deliberately misled by making those associations. Is is what I actually meant? All, all the uh, I'm I'm wondering. Will CNN, um, will they kind of retract what they said there and how terrifying and everything it was? Because apparently our federal system does not think it was that terrifying because the, uh, you know, all the stuff they were saying he was there to kill the president and all these kind of things. Apparently our, our federal system doesn't even think that because uh, the federal charges have been downgraded to a single count of uh, depredation of property in the United, uh, of the United States in excess of $1,000. That's all he's being charged with here. So apparently they're really terrified. So terrified, in fact, they downgraded the charges to property damage. I'm afraid I'm I'm more upset about the way in which that woman pronounced supremacist or supremist. The word is supreme, I believe. And someone who believes that someone is more than somebody else is would be a supremist, a white supremist. But the other thing is the guy that they were talking with, the former deputy director of the FBI, there's a funny old um, saying about experts. So if you break that word down, X means former and spur means a drip under pressure. So it's a has-been drip under pressure is, is what an expert is. And that's exactly how he came across. He's just being paid to say, I wonder how much he got for that small piece of consulting there. Yeah. And uh, it, just to uh, kind of further nail on the point about how this guy is a white supremacist, his name is like Sai Kandula. All right. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, I'm going to get myself into trouble, but I was going to say perhaps <laughs> he's tech, su tech support for the clan. I don't know. It could be. Could be. You just don't know. You just don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, the Gateway Pundit reported, or I'm sorry, the Post Millennial reported that uh, he is not a U.S. citizen. I just thought we should throw that in there. So he's not a U.S. citizen. Yes. Um, has is not a very good driver. Clearly, had he just burgled, you know, some rednecks shack or something and well, accidentally picked up the swastika in that process it's possible it is entirely possible and the reason i say that i'm glad you brought that up I, i'm really glad you brought that up and the reason i think it's entirely possible is because that day that particular day that that happened that just so happened to be the anniversary of the mirror building bombing in oklahoma city where a u-haul oh. truck or i believe it was a rider truck excuse me a, a rider truck was used to detonate ammonium nitrate, which caused that. Now, again, you know, there's still questions to be had. I, I've I've listened to investigators, private investigators that have gone in there and they have their doubts. I'm just going to leave it at that. At least their reports show that they have doubts. And I, I'm sorry, when it comes to listening to an official government story, they're not exactly batting a thousand these days. So I tend to believe the private investigation sources, the ones that usually get shuffled out the back door, when they try to offer their report up as possible evidence as to what happened. Usually when you run an investigation, I'm just saying this from personal experience, usually when you run an investigation, you want to examine all options, all possibilities. 
so you can properly analyze and extract exactly what the hell happened so you can figure all of it out and make your final assessment. That doesn't happen with these federal buildings. Never does. Or anything. Well, no, they, could... they, they, they will just jump to the conclusion that fits the narrative because it saves time. Uh, and and that's what that's what tends to happen. I mean, there's all kinds of conjecture about, and we 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 are going to do these in the future. Our favourite conspiracy theories, but you know, having a small amount of experience within explosives, you can tell whether something's been blown up by um, military grade plastic explosives, C4 and the like, or if it's been an improvised explosive using common bleach to to make the ammonium nitrate and and those kind of things the brissance of of those kind of explosions is less powerful doesn't move as fast uh, that's the the shock wave yeah so anyone worth their salt who's a you know a military analyst in in that area would be able to tell you immediately, almost immediately, what type of explosive has been used. And then on top of that, you've got the forensic side of being able to test the residue. And that would immediately tell you and confirm what the original analyst would have thought, that it was either improvised or military grade. So, yeah, there's loads of avenues that are never fully explored, shall we say. I would also like to point out the um, head investigator of the bombing was um merrick garland he was the top guy that was oh, you investigating mean our, that you mean our current head of the department of justice that guy yeah you, you mean you That's mean him. the current attorney general mm. that guy yeah he was he was investigating uh white supremacy as well and uh-huh. uh so i mean he's you know the the perfect guy to to sniff out white supremacists and sure them down yeah. yeah i bet he is well where is the astute esteemed attorney general on this. We just kind of lost, I I don't know how this happens, but we just kind of lost 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate in the United States. It's amazing how you can just misplace that stuff. Don't know how this happened. 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, which is a chemical used both as a fertilizer and as a component in explosives, as Marty just outlined, went missing as it was shipped by rail from Wyoming to California. And you know what? The investigators, they're just baffled. They are just baffled. They don't know what happened. A rail car loaded with 30 tons of this stuff left Cheyenne, Wyoming on April 12th. The car was found to be empty after it arrived two weeks later at a rail stop in the Mojave Desert, according to a uh, an incident report that was from the firm that loaded the thing. The company, Dino Noble, made the report May 10th to the Federal National Response Center. Again, you know how amazing they are when it comes to doing reports and audits at the federal level. The report also appeared last week in a database of California's incidents managed by the State Office of Emergency Services. Dino Nobel says that it believes, they, they don't know for sure, they, they loaded the car, but they don't know for sure. They believe that the material was transported in pellet form and covered in a, in a hopper car, which is kind of like what they use to ship coal. You know, it's the same kind of same kind of car. So when you see the, you know, the, the open tops and then, you know, have like the, yeah, little spots on top. Uh, they say that, well, uh, it's, it's possible that it just fell out of the car uh, when it was when it was traveling <laughs> along. But Marty, you don't look convinced. Oh, if these are the kind of lengths to create plausible deniability or point the finger in, I mean, literally the U-Haul thing was literally a false flag operation. 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. You've got a it's guy laughable. that's probably Indian or Pakistani or Bangladeshi going by his name um, with a swastika in the back of the vehicle just to make that link. So if there's going to be some kind of uh, inverted commas domestic terrorism in the very near future, then of course the disappearance of £60,000 of ammonium nitrate uh, is, is going to be required obviously isn't it so this is the problem with the way that this is the biggest crime i think never well actually it's not the biggest crime the biggest crime in recent months recent years has to be the excess deaths allegedly most probably caused by useless vaccinations but the real crime to me because I'm not affected as I'm unvaccinated, is the way in which I cannot trust anything the news tells me, my government tells me. And it's that gaslighting, it's that having the rug pulled from under us that I really, really object to. Marty, we talked about a story a few days ago, and I thought we would get your considered and informed opinion on this. They're issuing U.S. senators and anybody that, that wants one in the in the Senate. 50 of them have taken these people up on their offers, but they're issuing them satellite telephones. Well, that means they're less likely to be tracked, overheard, tapped. They already talk on encrypted stuff anyway. Yeah, but do you honestly believe that that that's that secure? I well, don't. no, and I, I, I honestly, but the senators. I made this point the other day. The average age of a U.S. senator seventy four years old. They don't even know what in the world a satellite phone is, other than a name only. I guarantee you, they don't know how to use them. But they've got staff for that, you see. Oh, yes, of course they do. Now, we're kind of surmising, again, it's just, it's simply conjecture is all, but we're kind of surmising that if you factor in all of the, the preceding things that we've talked on, they're factoring in some type of disruption, if you will, to yeah, the services. Yeah, and and of course, if there's going to be nationwide, statewide disruptions to normal telecommunications, the internet, and so on, the one and only way of getting communication going is bouncing off a satellite so yeah it's just something to 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 expect and perhaps perhaps we're being a little bit um like prophets here and prophesizing that something may just happen and of course government will still be able to communicate uh the military the major alphabet agencies they've already got these forms of communications so as far as the government would be concerned, the only people they'll need to get hold of is the police forces, the agencies, and the military. So, and each other, of course. The other thing I'm wondering in this is um, one, uh, we have 100 senators in the United States, and they only give it out to 50. My, my first question is, is, okay, who's the 50 that get them? I have a theory on that. It, it's possible they just gave it to each state, you know, one to each state. That's, that's a possibility. That is a possibility, although I, I heard a different take on it. Uh, and I, I tend to agree with this one a little bit more. The Democrats, I'm not not saying this in, in terms of party lines. I'm just saying this is for whatever reason, it is this way. The Democrat Party, for some reason, is afraid of technology. They just don't know how to use it. So they tend to stay away from it. My guess is, is that they offered this to all the senators and the ones that took them largely were the Republican senators. That's my guess. The the other the other possibility, you did mention that they're all 
older, you know, a lot of these are older uh, generation, don't know how to use them. However, their aids, many of them, as, as we had, had um, found out previously, they're um, compromised, you know, so it's possible that these satellite phones are just given to them as a means for these individuals to directly contact um, their handlers, um, at, you know, covertly. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that you also have to consider. I mean, McConnell, he's got to maintain his contacts in China to make sure he gets his 25 million a year. He has to maintain those contacts, right? Sure. Of course he does. All right, Marty, you said that you had many things that were bothering you. What else is bothering you? Have I mentioned Richie Sunak and and crowing about how good having eight and a half percent inflation is at the moment? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that he actually said that. Of course, I really don't yeah, pay attention yeah. to him because I think he's our, irrelevant. Our, but, you know, our inflation rate has been at double figures for for a while. It started to drop, but because the the rate of decreased government borrowing in the UK from the central bank, the good old Rothschilds, the cost has actually increased. And of course, before all of this plan was put into action uh, to destroy our economy, to break our businesses, lock people down, charge us an absolute fortune for energy. Before that happened, our inflation rate was about 2%. Uh, and so all of a sudden, we're supposed to be happy about it being 8.5% again. No, that just bugs me that the, uh, and I just wish the guy had had a bigger car, maybe something like a Range Rover with a concrete reinforced bumper and had been doing 120 miles an hour rather than four. I actually had something that uh, that I would uh, like to show you about uh, earlier this week. Unfortunately, I don't think that it would do him any good because he would be blocked, I, I believe, if he were to uh, hop into any kind of a vehicle, uh, especially in, uh, in central London where he does business and such. Your favorite people, Just Stop Oil, they are back and they are stopping people in the middle of central London. Now, I would like for you to pay very close attention to what happens. Bruce and I were watching this the other day and, and he and I both got I think physically shaken up as in as to how angry we were. And the reason we got so angry is because this situation went in exactly the opposite way that it should have. What's basically happened is uh, just stop oil are in central London and stopping some people going about their lawful business by standing in front of their work vehicle with a Just Stop Oil banner. Obviously, the young man who started to physically remove those people without punching or kicking or biting or scratching, just physically moving them, was all of a sudden jumped on by the two police officers who were stood there with their thumbs up their useless asses doing sweet Fanny Adams, right until the point where he started to push them. But again, the new police bill allows the police the right to remove obstacles, people who are obstructing the road, but they're not enacting on that. So even though they've got the necessary powers 
They're not actually doing it. They're allowing it to happen. And at the same time, if I want to take to the streets to protest things that are going on, I don't want the police to have the power to stop me as long as I'm protesting peacefully. So I'm really in two minds about this whole situation. But yeah, of course, the police will immediately do their job and protect whoever's being attacked. And in this particular case, Just Stop Oil were being attacked by the individual. So it's it's a real difficult one. It's a real dichotomy. Um, I, I don't think it's difficult at all. I mean, I get where you're coming from. I'm not, I'm not disputing you here, but I, I don't think it's difficult at all. You're causing a hazard by stopping and impeding the flow of traffic, and the police are just standing there. And that, that part was bad enough. What bothered me even more was the fact that this guy gets out of his van, another working person gets out of his van and shouts at the officers and the guy to get off of his van rather than go over there with three or four other people he had in the van and drag those sorry-ass cops off of that poor man to get traffic moving. The, mo- the moment he'd have done that, of course, bear in yeah. mind, this is, this is London. Just round the corner from there would have been an, an SO19 transporter van full of armed police in riot gear, ready to take care of that. And that's exactly what they want. That is exactly what their masters want. Uh, you know, the, the, the people who tell the police what to do, which shouldn't be happening. They, they police, you know, we're police by consent and they are public servants. So it's just a matter of upholding the law. But these situations are being created to create that conflict. Earlier today, you may have not caught it yet, three female protesters from Just Stop Oil were at the Chelsea Flower Show. The Flower Show, you know, a horticultural show. Yeah, yeah. Flowers as in like things that grow and help the environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're protesting at that climbed into one of the floral displays and started throwing the orange powder paint up in the air again. And people were upset about that. In fact, somebody turned a hose, uh, a garden hose. One of the people who'd come to see the flower show took one of these watering hoses and started spraying the protesters. I believe they were arrested and removed. But at the same time, the people on the on the road there, we're not being arrested, detained or removed. The police are allowing this to happen. And the reason the police are allowing this to happen is because their lords and masters are telling them to allow it to happen. So whilst I did get upset about watching that, I understand why nothing else was happening. You've been to the uh, the Treve Fountain in, uh, in Rome, yes? Those, yeah, the, the people who, um, who police the Treve Fountain are retired police officers and they are very proud of that fountain. So I've seen people just dip their hand in the water and a very stern woman in in a little pencil skirt with a white hat on and a white belt will come over and and stop them immediately. Where are they now? Where are they nowhere to be found with this? So for the benefit of the listeners, right in front of the Trevi fountain, they're polluting the water with something it's black guy. stood in it with, with black I've, I've been there three times uh and seen people stopped for way less than what these people are doing so what's going on what why are the extremely proud patriotic retired police officers who look after roman monuments 
Why are they not there stopping these people doing this immediately? Well, to the contrast of this, the German authorities are actually doing something. There's a, a spinoff group that's basically it's the same thing. Uh, it's called the uh, the last generation because they believe they're the last generation of humans or homo sapiens. If we don't do anything to, to stop this, they raided 15. I, I believe it was 15. Let me double check. They raided 15 properties. They seized assets, accounts and the group's website and have declared them a national terrorist organization. But you see, German authorities are are not allowed to be nationalistic or proud. Um, That's true. You know, as a result of the actions of certain people during the 1930s and 40s, they're not allowed to do that. So how come Germany can respond like that, but Italy can't? I don't know. Again, it's all to do with your stake at the table. Within the UN, within the EU, if you're one of the top countries that have got all the power, the influence and the um, and the wherewithal, you get to, to run things the way you want them to run. But countries like Italy, who should be a major player, but they, they really are not. Uh, and, and that's why the UN, which is supposed to be an egalitarian organisation with all assigned nations having equal input, it doesn't work that way. It's a handicap system, isn't it? It is. It is. And linked in with all of this, and I thought I, I thought I would bring this up because this just dropped uh, and it just kind of goes with everything that we're, we're discussing here. And I, I think that you might be able to agree with this because I believe that you've used, being an analyst as you are, you've used these particular terms to describe these individuals before. And so I believe that what's in this study that I'm about to bring up, I think you'll find very interesting. And that is left-wing extremism is linked to psychopathy and narcissism, according to a new study. Left-wing extremism is linked to toxic psychopathic tendencies and narcissism, according to a new study published to the peer-reviewed journal Current Psychology. I'm quoting from the authors of the paper, based on existing research, we expected individuals with higher levels of left-wing authoritarianism to also report higher levels of narcissism. As a result of the new data, the study authors have coined a new term for such psychological behavior, the dark ego vehicle principle. According to this principle, individuals with dark personalities, such as high narcissistic and psychopathic traits, are attracted to certain forms of political and social activism, which they can use as a vehicle to satisfy their own ego-focused needs instead of actually aiming at social justice inequality. When was this study conducted? Well, I'm recent? not sure. Yeah, it is very, it is recent. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a second because there's more. In particular, certain forms of activism might provide them with opportunities for positive self-presentation and displays of moral superiority to gain social status, to dominate others, and to engage in social conflicts and aggression to satisfy their need for thrill-seeking. The study on left-wing authoritarianism also showed that many times they do not practice what they preach. Uh, who would have guessed that, right? Social justice is often used as a guise for these activities to behave unhinged, according to the research. An individual in left-wing activism, <clears throat> quotes left-wing activism, activism, might declare anyone to be old-fashioned who is opposing their own progressive uh, values, strive to suppress free speech to regulate the expression of right-wing beliefs in educational institutions, and even endorse the use of violence to reach their own political goals, according to the authors. Minority groups should be made aware of the narcissistic enemies from within their own activist movements, as these individuals could hijack the cause, thereby reducing the success 
of the activism in many ways. As grandiose narcissists typically desire fame, distinction, elevated social status, and high social importance, they can be assumed to strive for influential positions that involve social visibility and outreach as well as access to financial and other resources. There you go. Well, if it's a recent study, they they might as well not have bothered because Orwell said it, um, I think it was Orwell, well enough um, all those years ago, which was some men are created equal, some more equal than others. Was it Orwell who said that? Whoever said it was was looking into the psyche of these leaders that use, I don't know, popular permission. Uh, if they're voted in by popular vote, they use that permission to do what the hell they like. And again, you have to be a narcissist to kill 30 million of your own people, maybe even 60 million. 100 million in the last century alone. That's being conservative. Yeah. Uh, and and so you've got Stalin, you've got, who was the other one? Mao. Mao. And and then you've got Pol Pot. And they are left wing. But then again, Hitler, we hate to mention him, but we seem to have to mention him most times. Because, For historical purposes. It, For historical it, purposes. Exactly. How many he killed? The left and right, the far left, the far right, they are both two sides of the same toxic coin. So this report was probably um, it's, it's recent. Promoted. This this new yeah, study it, it was is probably recent. promoted by a right wing organization or a right thinking organization to further put blame on the left. They're absolutely right in I think in their in their findings. That's my considered opinion of it. But it applies to the far right as as much as it does the far left. If you think you've got the backing of the majority, um, it gives you carte blanche to do what you want. And and real leaders, decent human leaders, allow everybody to do what they want and not what the leader wants them to do. That's the real key to being a good, uh, effective, popular leader. Within the law, allow your people to go their own way and to make their own um, success. Whereas these absolute fruit loops who wind up through political means, far left, far right, in charge of entire countries, wind up killing a large portion of their populace because they simply don't agree with them. So, yeah, I, I agree with the study, but they could have saved the time because it's uh, as obvious as the nose on my face, which is quite obvious at the moment. Yeah, they could have uh, they could have saved the time. Bruce, you got any thoughts on these uh, the, these lovely social justice warriors and that study? That actually was uh, Marty kind of laid out uh, some of my thinking on that. I, I was going to question, was this out of the the University of Florida or something like that, where they just... Uh, replace all the faculty and leadership there, and now they have more free-thinking individuals there uh, versus the left-wing crazies. Yes, I agree. This is true, but as far as the 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 lunacy that they are and the narcissistic trends, but the the thing is, our society's breeding this. Our society is encouraging people to be entitled. It's encouraging people to be self-important uh, as a narcissist is. But it's normal at this point. If you look at a lot of the younger generations, like Zoomers and younger, and you look at how they, hell, even even Boomers are this way, though, technically, you, you look at them, a lot of them are entitled. They, they think they deserve something that isn't theirs or, or they didn't work for. They, they think they have it by right. 
No. Uh, you, you trained the, the, the coming generations to do the same thing, and it just it's getting worse and worse. So as, as this trend continues, I'm, I, I have legitimate concerns about society um, going forward with, with this being a trend, if we allow it to continue. It's, it's the way these people justify their actions, and it's hypocrisy as well. So Ned was on about hypocrisy a lot in, in the last podcast he did and, and how that is, you know, one of the things that, that really winds him up. And, and I totally agree with him. But it's like, oh, I've had such a hard day being a tyrant. I've sent 10,000 people to the gulag. I know I'm going to sit back and watch a, um, a drag queen on Disney whilst doing some drugs. Okay, but obviously, if any of my population uh, got caught doing the same thing, they would be immediately put against a wall and uh, given a jolly good talking to with a rifle. So it's um, it, it's it is hypocrisy. It's a way of self justification, and these people who get you know that 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 level of entitlement, as you say, has increased exponentially, and of course, it's going to be present in our manufactured, mass-produced economy, uh, economics, history and politics, combined degree politicians that, that we get. People with no real life experience, all they've got is what they've got from the universities in which they've been largely subverted. Not that they needed much subversion because they were already entitled and primed to follow the orders of the elite. Oh, you have no idea how right you are, my friend. This next piece here is exactly what is taking place in our institutions. There's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of bleeps in this one, I can assure you. This is a classroom in a university in Texas. Two conservative speakers come in to give a lecture in the classroom, and the professor, not the one giving the presentation, the professor is encouraging the students, telling them to chant louder from what they are about to chant to these two conservatives that are about to present a lecture or got interrupted while they were presenting a lecture. This is the future of what is coming out of these institutions. How is this not a problem? Um, it, it is a problem. But the two people stood at the front there, one ready to talk, and I think the other was female, but wasn't she wearing a MAGA hat? It looked as though she was. I, I could not tell, but it could have been something different. I don't know. I honestly, I cannot so, tell. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell from the video either. But if you want to talk to... Um, a group that ha already has quite opposing ideas, the first thing you have to do is mitigate any chance of them picking up on something and, and, and going at you with that because all the, everything else is lost at that point. If that was a MAGA hat, that was a big mistake. You have to use language. I'm afraid it's the, it's it's the way of the world now. It's the 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 modern way. You have to use what neurolinguistic programmers called clean language, and it's language that is very difficult to take offence at. 
So you can still explain something in, in all its terms and, and conditions without immediately prompting an aggressive response from your intended audience. But they never got the chance because, as you say, the professor was there clapping his hands, making sure all those spotty hormonal little teenagers with their masks on shut down any chance of, uh, of a discourse. Well, my friend, uh, unfortunately, that is going to do it for us today. Do you have any final words for the listener? No, not this evening. I, I honestly, I'm not going to just make something up. So I'm glad that um, I've had the chance to get some of my psychosis off my chest today. I hope I'm not in that same bracket, in, in the narcissist bracket. I, I do think I have good ideas and good opinions, but uh, occasionally I will reflect upon them. And, and perhaps uh, that's what we all need to do. Just reflect on how we think. Are we thinking the right way? Are we just buying a load of crap from mainstream media and believing it? Yeah, that's me. I'm done. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week, yes? Yes, indeed. I hope so. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today and this week. So, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. Monday.